Radio Adventure. Uncensored Radio Free America. Rick Adams is on. I suppose I'm on. I really don't know, but am I? Yes, you can tell me. You can dial us in, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm Rick Adams, your Radio Avenger. And do we have him? He's on the line? All right. I got his number if you don't. And we'll give that to you if you need it. But anyway, we are prepared, ladies and gentlemen, to discuss tonight secret societies. You say, well, how can you do that? I thought it was a secret. Well, not anymore. Because many of these so-called secrets have been betrayed, you see. Satan's kingdom may not be divided against itself. But let me tell you that there is one who is more powerful than Satan, and he always allows Satan to trip himself up, eventually. Yes. So we will discuss this very subject of these societies, these occult groups, and really how much influence they have over the governments of the world. And uh, once again, uh, uh, backed by popular demand, is none other than Mr. Alan Watt. His website, Cutting Through the Matrix. Good evening, Alan. Are you there yet? All right. Well, he will be here momentarily. He's cutting through the Matrix, right? Okay. Well, as you probably know, numerology plays heavily into this factor. Numbers, dates. All of these things are very important to occultists and to Satanists and to those that control the Bush administration, no doubt, the Blair administration. And we, we have to comment, uh, yes indeed, we have to comment on once again the interesting coincidence of this latest arrest by the government in New York City for an alleged plot to bomb the New York City Metro Tunnels. And once again, we have a, a so-called Al-Qaeda operative allegedly confessing. Two others have been held. Five more have been identified. And Mr. Assem Hamoud is a 31-year-old native of Beirut. He's been arrested in connection with an alleged plot to bomb the New York City tunnels. Right on the anniversary of uh, this arrest took place of 7-7. Mm-hmm. The subway bombings in England. Isn't that interesting, Mr. Alan Watt? Welcome yeah. to the program. That's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah that's an uh, interesting uh, use of numbers and numerology and dates and so forth that... Uh, yeah. Always seems to come up in these uh, interesting, uh, interesting secret societies and occult gatherings across the world. Governments of the world deal in them regularly, don't they? They can't help themselves. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. They simply can't help themselves. They they have to rub it in our face. Mm -hmm. Of course, we, we always shrug it off. One after the other is just another coincidence. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just too obvious. It, it really is amazing that you know people you know. People who don't know any better, and that that probably is most most people all over the world, mm -hmm. are caught in between the matrix and don't really understand that there is a very clear connective tissue here between the governments of the world. Um, one plays the positive role, another plays the negative, and we wind up getting a synthesis. When we come back, we'll begin with our guest, and he will tell us why. Alan Watt 
Cutting Through the Matrix. I'm Rick Adams. Don't miss it. All right, we're back with Alan Watts, uh, Cutting Through the Matrix, and uh, that's the uh, the website. And, uh, Alan has been uh, studying for a number of years, and uh, originally, I guess you're from Scotland. Is that right, uh, Alan? That's right, yep. And you are here now where? In America? I'm or in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Actually, actually this, you're correct. We are America now. <laughs> well, you're part of North America. Yeah, because they signed the deal over a year ago in March. Right. You take the countries. Uh-huh. Right. I want to spend a few moments before we get into a little bit about your background for new listeners, um, and it'll all fold together, but I have to read the reportage, the media reportage from the AP, the American uh, Associated Press wire services about this latest uh, arrest, about this alleged plot, because you see, when I mention the names and what they say, it'll all fit together now, and you'll get an idea that once again, this whole thing is nothing more than an orchestrated event by the governments of the United States and, of course, Europe as well. They say a terrorist plot to inflict death and destruction by attacking New York City train tunnels used by tens of thousands of commuters each day was thwarted before the men could travel to the United States, authorities said Friday. Eight suspects, including an al-Qaeda loyalist, arrested in Lebanon, two others in custody elsewhere, and hoped to pull off the attack in October or November, federal officials claim. But federal investigators working with their counterparts in six other countries intervened. It was never a concern that this would actually be executed, said Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertov. Quote, we were, as I say, all over this. (laughs) I don't doubt that at all, Michael. Initial reports said that the terrorists wanted to attack the Holland Tunnel, a major thoroughfare for cars entering Manhattan. But officials said the group had specifically mentioned only the path train tunnels that commuters traveled through on their way to New York and New Jersey. This is a plot that involved martyrdom and explosives and focused on the tubes that connect New Jersey and Lower Manhattan, claimed FBI Assistant Director Mark Mershon. Well, this is interesting because, you know, they're they're telling us all of this, uh, you know, happens to be, that is, this arrest happens to be on the anniversary of the the bombings in the tube in England. And that's that in and of itself, as you say, that is quite that is quite a pattern of betrayal and a pattern of disinformation, I would say. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, it definitely is. And yet that is what they've got down for all their 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 possible security risks on certain events. It'll be anniversaries and this kind of thing. This is what they tell us according to their own system. Mm-hmm. So since they've already told us that, they have to make it happen, or at least appear to happen, to see that they were right, you see. And this on top of the arrest just a week or so ago of other alleged plotters in the Florida case and in the Chicago case, uh, you know, the relationship. case as well. Uh Uh Yeah, I mean, uh, all of a sudden now, this election year, the Bush administration and authorities in various states are now conducting these, uh, you know, these uh, uh, exposés on what they claim to have been the case. Now, of course, you know that these are suspects. These are alleged suspects in an alleged crime. Yeah. And yet, um, as we look back 
on the 9-11 situation, we note that in virtually none of the cases involved or related to 9-11 have there been convictions, except one. And that was on a technicality in Germany. But yet, we just saw what happened with the Italian government, which, of course, now has succeeded the Berlusconi government. And what has happened there has been the uh, arrest, if you will, of intelligence operatives from the United States mm-hmm. and elsewhere. And uh, yeah. this is getting to be a little bit interesting because, as you know, these renditions that have been talked about on my program and others mm-hmm. are becoming a very, very important topic for conversation. Renditions are these uh, these torture planes. Pick yeah. up people, take them, you know, illegally. Uh, pick them up, claim they're terrorists, and then take them on these torture uh, chamber missions and uh, do their thing. And, you know, this is interesting because this is what George Bush is all about. And yet, George Bush claims that everything he's been doing and everything this administration does remains clearly within the boundaries of the law. Now, you know, Alan, and I know, that the law is the Constitution of the United States. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate law. And what these men propose is one lies and the other swears to it. For instance, George Bush is fond of saying that whatever he thinks uh, is right for America is right. And when he decides that spying or surveying Americans and their habits and violating privacy, it's being done to protect us. It is not illegal, George Bush says. It is certainly within the law that Congress and the administrations, previous and present, have agreed to. And, of course, the average person is not as sophisticated, in general, on hearing that boulder who determined the fact that just because the Congress of the United States agrees to something and the President agrees to something does not necessarily make it lawful. They can pass all the laws they want, and, in fact, even the judicial branch can swear to it. Yeah. Still does not make it lawful, does it? That's it. That's it. It's, uh, it's all executive orders and so on. And, uh, and of course, the whole thing is this was planned such so many, many years ago, this whole Middle Eastern campaign. Because mm-hmm. Maggie Thatcher talked about it in about 1990. Yes. When she did a global tour of the world, and mm-hmm. the topic of the world That's her right. records, was the New World Order. Mm-hmm. And she said uh, the next war will be on religious fundamentalism beginning in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And she said that in Massey Hall in Toronto. So they had, they had this planned for many years. And that's why, of course, Blair, that was put in there by MI6, right. um, he, he's the only guy who stood up for it because he was in on the plan. Everybody else couldn't figure out why we had to go to war with uh, Iraq. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no logical reason for it. Yeah, it was a must-be. It was a plan. Uh, it was a part of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission. Mm-hmm. They're all involved in that plan, this world plan, world agenda. And uh, we're going through it now. This war is meant to not only change the Middle East, but change the entire world. Exactly. Into a new order. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how, you know, right now they're they're claiming that what they are doing, you know, is making arrests from people, basically, who are allegedly homegrown terrorists, yet we find them in Asia, we find them in Canada, North America, you see, and the Middle East. So that basically takes on almost the whole world. 
And this global network is what they, they indeed depend upon for global control. Yes. And then back in the early 70s, even Britain made it a priority to, uh, on their immigration quotas to bring in more people from those very countries, Muslim countries, without mm -hmm. ever giving a reason. And they were setting up the chessboard for today way in, in advance because they knew they one, one day they'd go into these people's homelands and take them over and it would cause trouble back home. They, they had to get uh, a reason for martial law back home, so they brought those people in. Yeah, no and question a, about it. No. And a BBC documentary about six months ago, uh, they were monitoring the Internet, and there's so many young uh, Muslim fellows uh, be, you know, spouting off about what was happening to these countries over there. And, of course, that's what the, the MI5 was monitoring, and they were putting out their provocateurs to lead these young guys. And we saw the same thing in Toronto, uh, where some young fellows were... Mm -hmm yapping on the internet and the police or the RCMP delivered to them and gave them tons of uh, fertilizer to make into explosives yeah. and then they, they arrested them so they, they, they created the problem as These sting operations are all too common and they are uh, in my view highly uh, illegal and uh, suspect and they should never it's have been used It sets up the problem right. If you leave them to themselves generally nothing will ever happen uh, but when you supply them with a leader who has the funds, supposedly, and the means to do it, and we saw that in the, the first bombing of the World Trade Center, remember? It was in the news even in Canada during the, the, uh, the trial there mm -hmm. of, of one of the fellows there. He was mm -hmm. uh, an American-born uh, Arabian. Um, and he had the, the good fortune or the wits to record his FBI handler Telling him to put a real, real explosives in the in the tower, and, yeah. and believe it. And if he didn't have those recorders, he would have, you know, taken the blame for everything. Absolutely. So, so that came out that literally the FBI were behind supplying them with the bombs. Oh yeah. First uh, explosion. And then also in the uh, Oklahoma City bombing, now we have clear-cut evidence of FBI involvement there. Yeah. And that has been reviewed and discussed on this program as well as elsewhere. And yet, we are still told to put our faith and trust in not only the FBI, but also in Homeland Security, which encompasses all of these other agencies under one umbrella, and that we can believe that our government, our government, quote-unquote, is out to help us, out to protect us. Only a neophyte, or someone that has absolutely no brain matter left in them, can believe such nonsense because anybody who has intelligence and has basic understanding realizes that the worst enemy the United States has now and probably always has had is the enemy within, those that control the function of the government. It's always been that, you know, and I, right. I knew that even when Vietnam was going on. Sure. I, I, I said, you know, they're over there supposedly fighting communism and all it will do is unite Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam wouldn't have ever united together. There's too many warring tribes. Uh, yep. So they had to get a, a common enemy. Indeed. And then, of course, they were financing communism through loans yep. from the IMF and the World Bank at the same time and leaving Haiphong Harbor open. All right. We'll be right back with you, Alan, and we'll discuss Alan Watts' website, his work, and what he's up to, and then we're going to get into the reptilian factor. Stay tuned. Most interesting subjects to come. I'm Rick Adams. 
Okay, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with Alan Watt. People are already lining up with questions or comments, and we'll indulge you for a moment and ask you to indulge us. Give us a few more minutes, and then we'll get right to your calls at 1-800-313-9443. But first, let me ask you, uh, Alan uh, Watt, uh, your website, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, right? That's right. Yeah. Let me ask you a little bit about yourself and how you became so interested in this and how you set up the website and uh, basically what, what your purpose is, what you want to do, how you uh, want to educate us. It, it, it's trying to snap people out of, of their acceptance of uh, their 6 o'clock news reality mm-hmm. that they've had and been indoctrinated with all their lives. Um, we, we've been living in a propaganda war our entire lives. And most information is used for propaganda purposes by various sides or whatever. Generally, when you climb the pyramid to get to the top, you find that there's only one capstone uh, controlling all of it. Mm -hmm. So our reality is shaped for us by experts who understand this process, this conception of reality and how to create cultures. Uh, There's a science to the creation of cultures uh, Mm -hmm. through history that's understood uh, generally in, in old times by, by priesthoods, and today it's by uh, political analysts, etc., and psychologists and sociologists. And these are used, uh, big think tanks are used uh, constantly to market ideas to the public, which again further, uh, they give us our conclusions on things, in other words. Uh-huh. We don't have to go through the process of reasoning for ourselves. We simply get downloaded with, with uh, uh, their information and that's where we get our opinions from on things. This is a science we're living in, and it's, it's been perfected long ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the uh, the subject matter of how we are manipulated by the media all the time. We've had some guests on, you know, the subliminal uh, and other ways of convincing us to do a certain thing or think a certain way, even though it's not in our best interest. In fact, it's against our best interest. So people, uh, you know, can be easily, you know, hypnotized or, or, you know, uh, anesthetized or led by the nose. And quite honestly, you know, this is why, you know, democracy has always been the catchphrase of the global elite and the um, basically those that want to gain power, the multi- uh, powerful, the you know the nationals, the internationalists, and so forth, yeah. always use the masses to ironically take power from the masses, and this is what they've done. They they've they've done this you know at the turn of the previous century into the wars, World War One, and so forth, to try to convince people that all they need to do is just read the paper daily. Yeah. And listen to the news, and then we will we will lead you from there. And then you'll have a choice. Then you go and you'll vote for Socialist A or Socialist B yeah. or Marxist C uh, or whatever. And we'll give you the choices. Then you can honestly say that you are free to make choices. And this deception, this illusion mm-hmm. is perpetrated worldwide now. It's not just the United States, but it's a worldwide phenomenon. With the media and technology we have today, mm-hmm. Alan, it is just incredible what can be done with a human mind. Yes, and they knew 50 years ago they, were, they would get to this stage. And they wrote about it, that mm-hmm. the time would come yep. when the individual would be unable to reason for themselves. Well, we they had a, on, on your website, Aldous Huxley and you know, Orwell yeah. and so forth. 
Oh, Huxley was amazing, and he worked for the Tavistock Institute. Yeah. And uh, Lord Bertrand Russell, mm-hmm. in his book, um, The Impact of Science on Society, he said the same thing. He says uh, mind control of the masses is, is really what they were after. And he said that the masses will be totally ignorant of the fact that they're being controlled. And uh, he also said that they'd have to bring in the big uh, advertising agencies that were specialists, you see, on motivational techniques, making you do something you didn't think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and so they have. They've blended all these things together, the big marketing groups, with politics, uh, with media, and they market the ideas straight into our heads, and uh, it bypasses our conscious mind. And we haven't even yet talked about the chemical influences, uh, the mind control devices, uh, you know, the brain and nerve endings being manipulated and controlled, all of the science that uh, today is so incredibly developed that, you know, individually and collectively, we indeed are nothing but a bunch of cattle as far as they're concerned. That's right. That's right. And we're being led to you know where, the slaughter. That's right. We don't even know it. We don't even know it. Uh, uh, in fact, even domesticated uh, cattle, uh, I mean, I've seen them the night before they go for slaughter, and uh, they, they start making one hell of a noise. They know. They know something's up. And uh, we don't even have that. No. It, it's been bred out of us or, or knocked out of us, which is, again, what Arthur Kessler said would happen. Yes. And work for the UN think tanks to yep. find ways to lobotomize the mm-hmm. brains of people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he the Thirteenth Tribe. Yeah, yeah, he also wrote The Ghost yes. in the Machine. Right, right uh, exactly. And, he, and The Ghost in the Machine was about the experiments that he'd been involved with to mm-hmm. literally target that part of the brain that gives you your personal independence, right. uh, your survival mechanism. He said we can destroy that chemically because the public don't need it anymore. Right, indeed. Making, making their decisions for them. And boy, let me tell you, he was right on the money. All right, we'll be back after the break. Plenty of time to talk more, and we'll get into the reptilian factor, and we'll take calls when we return on Uncensored Radio Free America with Alan Watt. We are back now with our guest, Alan Watt. We're talking really about the power of the Prince of Darkness, if you will, the power of... uh, the prince of the air of darkness, and uh, we know who that is. And let me tell you, the more I read about George Bush, Bill Clinton, John Kerry, and all of the other interconnected global elite, the more I realize that uh, we are nothing more than pawns in this big chess game. Now, I don't know if I sound like I'm oversimplifying things to you, Alan, but that is my basic synopsis of the situation. It's true, yeah. It's so overwhelming when you realize the interconnections of all of these people, uh, family-wise and otherwise, and especially with the the, the various organizations they belong to, um, and the, the wealth behind them. Uh, you're dealing truly with a, a big, big world club here, uh, and they use the public, uh, they feed off the public, they get the public to do what they want for them, and we go off and fight wars for them, too. And, uh, and we always wonder why we're, we're worse off in the, in the long run. You know, it's a good question. You, you make a good good point. I'm glad you chose those uh, words, uh, worse off. It makes me think of when uh, Ronald Reagan asked that question, are you better off now than you were before? You don't hear that question being asked anymore. 
No. You don't hear Tim Russert asking that question. You don't hear anybody in politics today using that phrase, and I think it's obvious why. Mm -hmm. Because the yeah. answer is obvious, no. We're now looking, of course, at the, uh, at the cost of a barrel of oil now continuing to go up. We're looking at uh, all of these manipulated crises uh, leading to this increase. We're also looking at the dollar uh, falling each and every day and the cost of gasoline and energy and the economy. Everything is expanding except the value of our money, so-called. That's contracting. That is going down. And I tell people every day on a personal level, in the shops, in the coffee places, and I, I get up on a podium, you know, Alan, and I make these speeches, and either they want to uh, strangle me or they want to run out the door. They don't know which to do because it isn't pleasant for someone to get up and tell you that you better look in the mirror and see just how stupid you are because you've been deceived, you've been lied to, and you have allowed it to happen. Well, but, but, but the big boys that even wrote about this, uh, they said that they would encourage what they called the egocentric behavior, which is uh, you're all supposed to be happy all the time, and you're not supposed to look at the unpleasant things in life. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's one way to disarm people mentally so that they don't see what's coming. Mm -hmm. You've got to know what's coming in order to avoid it. Uh, and they've been teaching the people through advertising and through the culture changes that's been uh, going on that we're supposed to be somehow happy all the time and that we're being taken care of by experts. Mm -hmm. We believe we're being taken care of by experts. And yeah, we uh, had the uh, the Dr. Spocks, you know, in the, yeah. in the, was it the 50s and 60s, and uh, we were weaned on that garbage, you know, as a nation, and then we find out it was all a hoax. Everything we were told was a lie. It was, it was being manipulated. And yet we all sat down collectively and believed whatever the pablum was at the particular moment, at least uh, our society. Now, I was too young at the time to know any better. But here I am now in 2006, and I can honestly say, looking back, when I became aware of what was going on, which was really... I would say in my late teens that I began to see the matrix, as you say, and I began to understand that I was not going to go the way of the mob. If the consensus of opinion was we should do this, I would go in the opposite direction. And, of course, I'm doing that now more than ever. And that's what I tell people, both on the program and I tell them in my personal conversations, I don't want to go with the crowd. I'm not with that mob that said, crucify him, crucify him. I'm going in the opposite direction. Yeah. As popular as it may be, Alan, That's right. to stand up with the mob and denounce so-and-so or something or do what the mob says you're supposed to do, yeah. you know, it's the unpopular that's more well, often than not that. the right way. They admit that in the higher learning schools uh, to do with sociology. Uh, they admit that it's much easier to control the mass man. Mm -hmm. It's the individual, occasional individual thinker that's the problem, As, especially if they can communicate to the masses their ideas. Uh -huh. And so that's why uh, a few years ago they classified uh, possible terrorists as being loners, that kind <laughs> of thing. So that was them covering the tracks, you see, right. covering the bases. Exactly. Because exactly. the masses want to conform. This is the whole thing. Uh, people on mass they're using tribal techniques yeah. on people on whole nations now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. globally and right. they're, they're stimulating
tendencies which were natural at one time, but it's working against us now. And so they're telling us, don't worry, your, your, your tribal leaders are in control, they're, yeah. they're taking care of everything, sit back and enjoy the ride. And, um, and most people, the masses, will conform to that because it's a tribal instinct to obey. And those who don't, should, we should automatically be suspect of. Absolutely, absolutely. Like and Rick Adams and, and you and others right now. The perfected, you see, not just in the Soviet Union, which was the big laboratory, but they've been even more perfected in, in the, the Chinese system, the Soviet Chinese system, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because there they actually teach in schools social approval and social disapproval. And we saw it here initially with the, the war on smoking, and which created social disapproval until people react uh, as a Pavlovian response when they see someone smoking. They have this unnatural overreaction, and that's Pavlovian training. Exactly. So the next step, of course, will be as the war on obesity by the UN. Mm -hmm. It will go on and on, this creation of social disapproval, until you will conform. Yes, indeed. We have our ways mm -hmm. of dealing with you if you don't. But you are right. You are right. I, I see it every day. And as, as much as I was opposed to smoking and would not ever wanted to smoke, would ever be interested in drugs or whatever, mm -hmm. I realized there was something sinister here going on yep. that was being done in the name of good. And, of yep. course, it's always the public's health. It's always the collective over the individual. That should be the warning sign right there. Yeah, that is the warning. That is the warning. It's collectivism. And you saw it, too, even in the workplace back right. about the 70s with team players and, and in special psychological tests to see if you'd be a, a good corporate team player, <laughs> uh, totally uh, you know, the, devoted to your company. And um, so this is the whole thing. It was to create the mass man for the future. Uh -huh. A world where, where you will it's to be run on a caste system, actually. Yes, yes. And that's what Bertrand Russell and other ones also said. This new caste system of specially bred elites um, dominating over uh, uh, a working class, a laboring class, um, and, and of course they'd have their helping class in the middle of, of bureaucrats, armies of bureaucrats and lawyers. Uh, they pretty well accomplish that. Alan, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I realize just how truthful you, what you're saying is, and I know that didn't come by accident. You, you know whereof you speak, and you certainly understand the issues. And I'm going to take some calls right now, invite people to get on the line while we can at 1-800-313-9443, because I have a lot of questions, but I'm sure you have questions and comments for our guest, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Alan, of course, uh, Alan Watt is our guest. And uh, let's start with Greg in Pennsylvania. You've been waiting a bit. Hi, Greg. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, actually, my name is Glenn. Glenn? All right. It yeah, says it's Greg it's... on the screen. Sorry. Yes, yeah, I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> actually, yes, my name is Glenn. I've, um, I'm pretty familiar with um, – I'm an anti-New World Order person, and I'm pretty familiar with uh, Mr. Watt's uh, stance. I've read almost uh, listened to almost everything on his website, though I've not yet purchased his mm -hmm. uh, materials. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm familiar with a number of different New World Order people all available on the Internet, such as yourself, Dan Monteith, Alex Jones, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I noticed that I'm pretty, I'm, I myself am also pretty familiar with a variety of ideologies and worldviews, both religious and secular. 
And what I'm, as I watch this anti-New World Order, you know, school of thought grow and as a movement, you know, and the idea is that the message has to get out there and people have to become aware and, and respond and that sort of thing. But I'm noticing that there are also different schools of thought within the movement itself, within mm -hmm. anti-New World Order groups, some religious, some not religious, some political in the sense that they want to try to save America back to mm -hmm. the way, like old way, save the old true America versus those not wanting to. Um, my understanding um, is that Mr. Watt is um, primarily secular, you know, in his stance, and uh, that he's, you know, an individualist, sort of a humanist, an individual, something for the individual, uh, not going along with the group. But I'm wondering if, if um, where he really stands on uh, worldview issues and, you know, religion and spirituality. He seems, to, he seems to have encountered a lot of really weird stuff in his time, and he seems, uh, it seems almost to me that, like, if in spiritual terms, it's almost like he's aware of the enemy, but doesn't really believe in an ally. You know, doesn't. Um, right. Okay, I, well, I, let I, him he, stop right there now, uh, and let's let him respond to what you've said so far. All right, stay on the line, Glenn. Yeah, Alan, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what I uh, tend to tell people is that uh, I don't think you can get back something you didn't own. And I tell people, what, you know, or I'll ask them, what part or what time period you want to go back to. Because when you go back into history, pretty far back, you'll find the same bunch of people, the bankers, pulling the rug even in America. They caused three depressions in the late 1800s and wiped out the savings of everybody. And people forget that. That was before the Great Depression. And these were contrived depressions. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you have to realize this thing's been going on forever. You can't get back something that you never had control of in the first place. Um, that's that's a question everybody has to ask themselves, uh, and I don't think you can carry on in a in a, a materialistic society um, when the big boys have already told you we're allowed to consume at the moment because it pleases them, but eventually that's going to end. Uh, they want to save all the consumption for themselves and their offspring for generations to come. As far as the standard religions go, I have to tell you they've all fallen flat because the, the, the people at the top of religions know what's going on. And I haven't heard them at the top of religions yelling from the mountaintops mm -hmm. or, or the rooftops mm -hmm. for the people to be aware. In fact, the, the leaders of religions have traditionally made you obey the government. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have to question any religion that you actually belong to. Uh, and as far as waiting back for some great thing to happen, I think that, that a creator puts you here to do something. And uh, it's up to you as to how you, you put that into action. You can't sit back and expect something else to do it all for you. Why, why should a god help anybody that won't help themselves? Okay, Glenn? You want to come back with a, a yeah, point? I, I, yeah, no, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I was just wondering if that ever creates dissonance for him in cooperating with Christians, um, knowing, you know, that uh, like something Christianity is divided between dispensationalists who are waiting for the rapture and the involvement with Israel versus the uh, covenantalists who would say, no, that's an incorrect view of the end times and all that type of thing. Does he ever um, feel dissonant about cooperating with Christians whom he actually see this being a bit deceived by their own worldview and their own religion, although, the, um, you know, Alex Jones is fond of saying that rising tide raises all ships. In other words, what we have in common is an opposition to this, 
uh, New World Order stuff. But at the, at the head of the New World Order, there really is a religion. I mean, all this, uh, uh, you know, Bohemian Grove uh, worship of Moloch. Absolutely. And it all goes back to the uh, what the Bible says, I believe. Yeah, right. I'm just it's much older, even. Uh, you can find this 5,000 B.C., this kind of stuff. Right. And you know what? You know, just let me interject here. And, Alan, uh, if you really read the Scriptures and what Jesus said very clearly, he was denouncing mostly the religious leaders, yeah, not even the political, but the religious. I, I, I've really wondered why Christians uh, are following someone they believe was killed for standing up to the corrupt system of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it astounds me, uh, and they're the most conformist people of all. Well, they, they, yeah, absolutely, and they are part of that same elite that is um, hobnobbing with and uh, coalescing with the very people that were responsible for putting Christ on the cross, and they're worshiping at their feet, they're worshiping the sons of Cain, and they're sitting there saying, this is the right way. Now, anybody who gets in the way and doesn't believe this is a terrorist, is an enemy. You know, this is implied in everything they say. If you listen to Jerry Falwell and you listen to Pat Robertson, certainly Pat Robertson has distinguished himself as one of those who is obviously connected with yeah. the New World Order. And others as well. Um, then you'll understand what they're doing is leading people astray. And those little old ladies, those nice people who take their money out of their bank accounts and give them to Robertson and give them to Falwell, and all yeah. these other people really don't realize how they're being used. And that's a tragedy. But God help those who are using them. God have mercy on them if He can. Yeah, and also, you, you can't buy your way to heaven. See, a lot of these people, I've talked to many of them. And they're, they're often fearful about their own lives. I find they, they really don't have much empathy for other people's. And I keep telling people, um, if, if your country's bombing people anywhere on the planet, mm -hmm. you've got to have empathy with those people. If you have, if you have no feelings for, for the little people who are getting killed all over the planet, then who should, who should cry for you? Tell me that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then we look at 9-11, whether you believe any of the government theories or not, you, you have to realize that uh, we're, we're seeing a boomerang, <laughs> the boomerang effect. You know, the Jesus said become, that. They're becoming desensitized in a big, big way to violence. Absolutely. And that and, violence and, will end up on your doorstep. Right, right. And then they're being cultivated to return with hatred and you know, you, you've heard the breast beaters, the chest uh, thumpers, and they say, let's go bomb them all. The only thing we need to do is go and kill all of the Muslims, kill all of the Arabs, kill all of those that don't love us. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is all done with the cross of Christ. That's right. I mean, it's all done saying, amen, brother. See, this is a crusade. Exactly. This is a, a continuation of the old Templar crusades, because the Templars were actually standardizing the world in their day. They had taken over most of Europe and the Middle East, and they were, they were pushing towards a world system. Mm -hmm. And they also controlled the banking system of their day. Yes, indeed. And they were the first ones to give checks out instead of cash. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a continuation of a lot of the same old families that are descended from them, in fact. The money changers, uh, they never quite left the temples, did they? Never. All never right. Left. Hey, Glenn, we've got to move along. We've got a break. Thank you. William in Pennsylvania will be next. We'll be back with more calls. Don't forget our toll-free number, 800-313-9443.
We are going to get into the reptilian issue with Alan Watt coming up next, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I'm Rick Adams. Stay with me. We're back, uh, and Alan, you're still with me? Yeah. Okay. We have, uh, by the way, we have a caller in Ontario. Madam Producer, I think maybe we should take that call first. I think we should. All right. Tom in Ontario, yes. you are on the air with our guest, Alan yes. Watt. Yes, Mr. Adams. Uh, I listen to your program quite often, um, and this second time I uh, have heard your guest, Mr. Yes. Uh, um, Mr. Watt. Watt, yes. Uh, and uh, his website, um, you say cutting through the matrix? Yes. The matrix, yes. Matrix. Cutting through the matrix.com. Okay. Um, I have a problem with spelling, so if you would uh, spell the uh, matrix for me, please. Sure. Go ahead, I will write Alan. it down so that. Um, just one moment. Uh, all right. Okay. It's matrix is M A T R I X. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, all you wanted to say. No, no. Oh, okay. I, I also heard Mr. Watts mention the Arthur Kessler. Yes. Um, I have a book by Arthur Kessler here um, called The Thirteenth Tribe. Yes, I, I alluded to it earlier. Have you uh, you have read this book? Yes, I have. A long yeah. time ago, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm uh, sure that uh, this book is suppressed in uh, Ontario libraries. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think it's very available. Well, but... that's true in a lot of places, not just the Ontario area. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and um, I would like to ask Mr. Watts yeah. if, uh, if Arthur Kessler's uh, collected works have been published. Okay. Yes, yes, they have. Kessler himself, remember, yes. was a member of the, the higher occultic group. Yes. Uh, they employed authors uh, by by huge foundations. They employed authors to write books, mm -hmm. fictional and non-fictional, along a certain path to influence public opinion. Yes. And Kessler had been uh, a Soviet officer under Stalin. Yes. He oversaw part of the, the, the murder or starvation of the Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. And he said himself in his own book that he felt nothing at the time. And then when you read, read The Ghost in the Machine, where he mm -hmm. works at the, the United Nations on ways to physically lobotomize the public for world peace, mm -hmm. um, you find that this man hasn't changed at all. He learned nothing his whole life. He was uh, unemotional and uh, a power freak. Yeah. And that the intellectuals had the right to to literally do what they wished with the masses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this uh, this book, the Thirteen Tribe, uh, uh, it's not uh, the, the, that fact. Uh, those facts are not very well known uh, in the public. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, actually those that call themselves Jews uh, are uh, Khazars. Mm -hmm. that from Khazarian Empire, right? Mm -hmm. According he, to this book. He discusses that in the book, yes. 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 And also, there's been professors, and one of them in Tel Aviv yes. University brought it up too, and he, he said, you know, if we checked our backgrounds, most of us would have no ancestry here. <laughs> yeah. And who, who was that? Do you recall, Alan? I can't remember, but I, I know he was in the papers at the time, and he was being lambasted for... Is it, was it a Malachi? It, it may have been. He yeah. was a professor, anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it may have been uh, Iona Malachi. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure at the uh, mm -hmm. university in Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. All right so, then. So, they, so when they claim that uh, uh -huh. that they uh, um, Israel, uh, they they claim the Israel because of their ancestry, uh, which uh, they don't have the right to do that, do they? No, that's right. That's exactly right. All right, okay, we have thanks. to move along. Thank, Thank you, you very much. for calling from Ontario. And then we'll get to William in Pennsylvania very soon. Rick Adams with you, Uncensored Radio Free America, right here on RBN Live. Dot com. The Radio Live Uncensored Radio Free America. Another exciting, informative hour is warming up. Rick Adams is on fire. And that we are, ladies and gentlemen. Alan Watt is our guest. Yes, indeed. CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Alan, on your yeah. website, uh, you obviously deal a lot with uh, the subject of, um, well, how these particular souls, if you will, have been involved in demonic activity over the years. And uh, one of the things you, you have brought up has been the reptilian factor, I guess, right? Yeah, well, I, I get so fed up hearing, the, the, the again, the New Age spin on things, which is all designed by the same people at the top uh -huh. to create more confusion. Right. Um, by, you see, counterintelligence works by gathering intelligence. You gather intelligence from just ordinary places, uh, coffee shops, etc. Uh, um, Britain was famous for this technique for centuries, and they employed spies just to go into countries and, and gather gossip, basically. And then they'd put out, um, they, they would gather what was being said, and when truths were being spoken about concerning Britain, um, then they would bring out people who would lead the charge against Britain, saying all the right things, uh, but then spinning it off into mm -hmm. some other uh, dimension, you might say. Mm -hmm. And this same technique is used today. The, the New Age movement is tremendously huge. It's massive. It's an influence so many people, beginning primarily in the 60s, but on the go beforehand, of course. Mm -hmm. and, and so they've given heroes to the New Age who pretend to, to, to expose the, the world order coming into view, but then they, they wrap up the truths that everyone's getting a hold of mm -hmm. and adapt aliens into it or reptilian mm -hmm. people yeah. and this kind of thing, and, and they make it farcical. And yeah. you discredit the truth by mixing it with that. Oh, yes, and there are a so few who standard, do that. That's standard counterintelligence. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, that's a see-through for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's transparent, but uh, yeah. a lot of people aren't aware of it because, you know, you, you've broken it down into categories like uh, Crocodilia and Squamata and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And uh, there are people who, uh, you know, will bring you as close to the truth as you could possibly get and then veer off in the yeah. other direction. And those yes. are the most dangerous people, in my estimation. Especially when they're well-funded and, and promoted uh, right through uh, or across the whole planet. Exactly, uh, exactly. By big, big dollars backing them. Uh, you, you don't get into every major bookstore by being a good author. Mm -hmm. uh, you get in there by people promoting you. Uh, and that's right, having and some connections. Big to, to do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people so, that... Uh, I remember the story of, uh, you know, Taylor Caldwell. 
and how she, uh, you know, was was quite of the one of the most prolific writers, as you know, in the forty fifties and so forth. And uh, she made the mistake of uh, of befriending Joe McCarthy. And what happened was, after that, all of her works, when she wrote under her name, were being panned yeah. and smeared and vilified. Ironically, you know. Uh, yep. You know, here they talk about, uh, you know, the McCarthyism and so forth. Well, they were the ones who were practicing it. Mm -hmm. And they were the ones who blackballed her. And so she started to write under a pseudonym. Yep. And when she wrote under a pseudonym, then the reviews were getting good. And then she was getting her books in the stores and so forth. But it proves the point of what you just said, mm -hmm. that there is this invisible network, so to speak. There is this clique of yeah. power George Orwell. George Orwell. Yeah, George Orwell brought this up. Uh, his name was Blair as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but he brought it up in his own biography. And, and he said that he had contracts with the biggest publishers in England because he'd been trained and chosen uh, at Cambridge University uh, as being a member of the elite himself uh, to go out into the world and bring a socialist system across the, the whole planet, basically. Uh-huh. They take care of their own, don't they? Yeah. Huh? All right. Good. We'll be right back on that point, and we'll take calls. I'm Rick Adams. Alan Watt, my guest. Be right back on this Friday night edition of the program. Yes, indeed, and we are back right now, and uh, we uh, are talking with Alan Watt. We'll continue to bring up this and other subjects, but I do want to defer to our callers, 800-313-9443. I believe William in Pennsylvania is next. Is that right, William? Is that you? Hello, sir. Are you there? Barbara? We'll try pushing that button. Nope. Did he drop off the line? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, anyway, before we take uh, another call, um, well, you can call right back, William, if you wish. Um, Alan, when you talk about these, uh, you know, reptilian peoples and so forth, now there is such a thing as uh, people who, uh, as you understand and I understand, biblically are really and truly devotees of Satan. And, uh, you know, we, we do know there is the Church of Satan no and so forth. And, um, and at the same time, um, when you start getting into areas that, uh, like, for instance, the flying saucers and so forth, uh, now you're beginning to divert people away. And, you know, other people who are fairly intelligent and look at this and say, oh, okay, so you believe in the then you believe that 9-11 was the work of the government and probably aliens maybe okay. directing George Bush or whatever. See, that's the way the matrix is intended to work, obviously. Yes, it's counterintelligence, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Until you, you end up making yourself ludicrous in, in their eyes, you know. Exactly, and that's why I've been very reluctant to bring on people who espouse that and get into this stuff, because I realize where it's coming from. And right, yet, you, yeah. The whole serpent thing is part of the inner religion, and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean what people think it means. That right. 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 exactly, and that's really what people should understand. This is a religion going back five, six thousand years plus. And you'll find that the serpent, uh, through even the ancient uh, statues in Crete. Mm -hmm. from Minoan age and they had uh, the pharaohs of course wore the, the, the serpent round their forehead uh, that was a band round their forehead because it symbolized their control of the world 
they technically were the world being the pharaoh, and uh, you were wise as a serpent. And of course, the serpent, uh, when it's, it's, it comes upright, uh, resembles the spine. Mm-hmm. And the spine has 33 bones. That's mm-hmm. why you have 33 degrees of, of Freemasonry. Right? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Uh, on the lower orders. So this is all connected, and it's ancient. It's an ancient religion. And that's one of the reasons I open talking about these uh, celebrations, these remembrances, these dates, these anniversaries, you know, 7705, 7706, you know, uh, 911, and so forth and so on. Yeah. Uh, they all do tie together very clearly. William is back uh, on the line, I believe, from Pennsylvania, right? Yes. Are you there, William? Hi. Yes, I am. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Um... Uh, is it okay um, if I talk about Freemasonry for a, for a moment? Well, sure, if you have a point to make, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I was going to talk about the initiation process. Okay. Of how you have to, before you go, before you even start out, they, they blindfold you. They put you into a room. Mm-hmm. I think that's, if, if, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but they put you in a room and, and you have to kneel before, I don't know, I guess like an altar or something like that, and they... You take an oath. Okay. Yeah. And you pretty much say, you know, I, I, you know, whatever your name is, you know, um, they go through the whole thing of, you know, the initiation, and then they take the blindfold off, and they say, okay, you know, you are now, what, you know, Freemason or whatever. But I was just wondering, I was going to ask Mr. Watts, um, if he knows anything about the initiation of skull and bones, I mean, I know, I know about the coffin. You know, you have to go go into a coffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what's the process? I mean, what's the? They're all, they're all the same. They, go, they get hoodwinked. That's what the hood represents. Uh, part of it's the candidate himself has been tricked. He's been hoodwinked mm-hmm. in the lower orders. Mm-hmm. So he's blinded. He's asked what he wants by the master. The master says. He then replies, "I want the light." And then the, the hood is taken off. He's risen by the master's grip. He pulls him up, and uh, he's, he's then welcomed to his brothers, his new brothers, his international brotherhood. You give up who you used to be, and you now belong to an international brotherhood. That's the purpose of it. So the skull and bones is exactly the same. It's only a, a, a more noble order of elitists who do have a, a grasp of power, uh, they shoot up into higher ranks of the noble orders of Freemasonry. They become the movers and shakers. Uh, so that's the only difference. The, the, the lesser degrees or lower Masonry uh, is, is for the middle class and for the, the, the helpers in society to keep this system going, their system going. That's his prime motive. But uh, you'll see part of the ritual in the Pirates of Penzance, the opera, Mm-hmm. Uh, because they actually showed you it on the stage hmm. where, the, where the apprentice sailor who's yeah. an orphan, meaning a widow's son mm-hmm. um, and of course he's got his breast exposed, right breast his, his, uh, his, his left trouser pants bare he's, 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 he has no sandal on his foot and uh, that's how you're dressed for the, for the initiations into lower orders as an apprentice and then he's put on a flag of the skull and bones mm-hmm. that represents the death and then he's risen up by the, the captain of the ship, and he, he's now welcomed into the fraternity, the brotherhood. So they even show you that on stage. Yeah, um, and in the film version as well. And, yes, in the film version too. The British so, film, uh, yeah. This is their standard uh, mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek joke that they have for the public's point of view. <laughs> However, I know Masons uh, who are above 33 degrees, 
And I know ones, uh, lots of them up to the 32nd degree as well, which is common. And uh, even the ones who have denounced it have a hard time feeling that they're free of it. Uh, something else has got a hold of them. Mm-hmm. And and one of them has told me this, that, that it's as though there was some kind of psychic connection to the lodge. And, of course, the, the mystery part is when you're touched in the chest with the point of the sword, and some of them still use a big compass, uh, the Grand Master, make, using iron, which is the old magical iron thing, transfers part of you through him, through the, 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 the steel to himself, mm-hmm. making a circuit into the actual foundations of the lodge, so you're never truly free of it. And, and that's what some of them claim, you know. You know, if you also it. look at, like, the La Cosa Nostra, the uh, initiation into the mob, yeah. and they do very similar things. It's the same thing, because, see, Albert Pike, who created this, well, he wasn't the founder of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neither was any Scotsman. It came from France as part of the Grand Orient Lodge of France. Mm-hmm. The Jewish sect is the Bene Brith. They, they were chartered as a Masonic Lodge by the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they all go back to the Grand Orient Lodge of France, all these ones. Yeah. Okay, William, uh, did you have another question? Well, yeah, um, I was going to ask Mr. Watts if there's, Actually, it, it is higher degrees than 33. Yeah, we'll get into that, too. Go ahead. Okay. Alan, uh, how high does it go? Uh, how high? Uh, how many degrees are in a circle? <laughs> because that's that, you see, that yeah. completion is 360 degrees. Right. And 3 and 6 is 9, you see, uh-huh. the completion in the Kabbalah. Yeah, right. And that's the symbol of the serpent again, the snake eating its tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is fascinating. It does... Uh, Fit very neatly in symmetry, doesn't it? Oh yes, this is all mathematical, Pythagorean, etc. Yeah. It's fantastic. Okay, William, thank you for your call. Thank Let's uh, take another call now. Uh, Dwight in Maryland. Hi, you are on the program with our guest Alan Watt. Hello. That's you. Yes, uh, you're on the program, Dwight. Hi. Um, I have uh, several points. Um, they may seem a little bit uh, combative here. That's all right. We can take it. <laughs> okay. I think um, Alan needs to um, define his metaphysical worldview in mm-hmm. um, maybe 50 words or less, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll go on to the next thing. All um, right. We have um, an issue of the, um, the the person who is a sociopath and who has never been defined in academic psychology because they are successful sociopaths. Um, I'd like to hear what Alan thinks about that. Uh, number three issue is um, well, let's take them one at a time because you may have a, a few there, and uh, let's let's focus on the first one. All right, Alan, all right. Uh, your worldview in fifty words or less. I, I would uh, even attempt it in fifty <laughs> words or less because that's ridiculous. It's, it's like trying to put yourself in a pigeonhole with a yes or no. Well, Alan, you've been pretty slippery about this. Over, I've been listening to you for a few years. Yeah, well, it's just, I can't get it, a handle on it. Up in 50 words, you know. You're talking about a life's experience in 50 words. That's impossible. We we don't have any idea, listening to you, Alan, if you believe in God or God. Yeah, yeah, but should that matter? Should that matter? That aspect matter in accordance to what I'm saying? I'm talking about the subjects. Should that matter? In other words, does it give it any more or less credence if I say I'm this, that, or the other, you know? Should that matter? Why is it important to you? It's important to me because uh, you you do a very good job in defining the 
the in defining evil. Uh-huh. And um, I think we, 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 after listening to you for a while, after our own experiences, uh-huh. we can begin to get a picture of that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that, that leads to the second question. That's more important, really. Um, now, as far as not defining social past, that isn't true. Studies were done in the 1800s, in the late 1800s, and completed in the, the 1900s. Henderson and Gillespie did the biggest survey. They were the first ones to come out in psychiatry and define another class of psychopaths. Because before they thought that the psychopath was just the guy on the street who got drunk, smashed a window and grabbed something he wanted because he cannot tolerate frustration. He's got to have immediate gratification. And then they found out through studying that the, the most successful psychopaths were actually the leaders of our economy Here and our go. system. Here we go. And, uh, and yes, and yes, there's... All right, gentlemen, stay where you are, uh, Dwight, and we will pick up on these points and others with our guest. All right, Alan, you stay where you are. We'll be right back to pursue this little uh, tip here and find out exactly where we meet. All right, Rick Adams, Radio Avenger, the Paul Revere of Talk Radio. We will be right back. Back now, ladies and gentlemen, we have our caller on the line, Dwight, and we have Alan Watt as our guest, um, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And, um, well, I see, Dwight, that you are a little bit skeptical here, and you are, uh, I guess you're not satisfied completely in what Alan is telling you? Um, I'm, I'm satisfied uh, with what Alan is telling us, but I think he does not go far enough. I don't, I don't okay. think he defines his own worldview uh, precisely enough for us to uh, know what he's saying. What, what would you like him to do? What would you like him yeah. to define himself as? I mean, are you asking for a particular presupposed idea of that, or are you just saying he should come up with something else? Well, he said 50 words or less was ridiculous, so how about 5,000 words or less? What, what, is, his, what is, it, is his metaphysical view of the universe? Mm-hmm. Okay, Alan, Alan what, what is it that you believe and don't believe? Is that, is that a fair question? Um, I, I don't believe... Uh, the standardized, authorized religions as they're handed down to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the pieces that make sense, I can accept without any problem whatsoever. But the rest of it is meant for conformity. Um, I don't. Plus, I know far more about the regular religions than most people that follow them. <laughs> and, and it's not a boast. I've really, really delved into them. I know the exoteric and the esoteric aspects of, of these religions as well, and they really do exist. That was no invention of Adam Weishaupt. Um, and people who think you just follow rules and, and you get a reward at the end are misleading themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a life-changing experience or a multiple of them is supposed to be really the norm. That's what brings you closer to your, your God, your Creator. As your, as your lifetimes of experiences, not simply following set rules where you never grow or mature. Um, so so uh, I, I can't follow the regular ones, the, the be happy type religions that, that deny uh, the nasty stuff, you know. Um, well, I you, think uh, most of us could agree with that. Yeah. Beyond that, though, what do you actually believe in as far as a, if you will, mm-hmm. a biblical or scriptural or a theological viewpoint? I mean, religion yeah. has nothing to do with the yeah. words of the Bible. That's right. Uh, the Bible is one thing. Religions are other things. And religion is man-made, by the way, I believe. Yeah. 
And, it's a dogma. Uh, it's a conformity. Exactly, exactly. And so you're, a, you're, you're not discounting the beliefs uh, or the beliefs or the edifications of the scriptures, or do you, you have I understand that the deeper significance is of them. Right. Because right. They, they do have inner meanings that were, oh, not, absolutely. <laughs> that were not meant for the public. You're and, right. And that's the sad part, because, because they, they, they've always known for thousands of years uh, it takes a certain type of person to, 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 need, to need to penetrate deeper. To understand, can I jump in here a second? Yes, surely, yeah. surely do I. Go ahead. Okay, we're we're talking about the esoteric and exoteric meanings of things, and the um, the the death of the self to regain the self uh, as part of it goes back ten thousand years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm an agnostic or atheist, or and and I see that it's not a belief system that I it's not a, a belief system. It's not a comfort system. No, um, it's simply a matter of experience. Experience, and and there's no doubt that I can look in the world, and I I certainly can see in this particular system, which is an artificially created system. This is not a natural progression here. Uh, this century is planned. The last century was planned. The century before, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But but and you'll the find this in documentation of, of uh, the British embassies across the planet. They plan hundreds of years ahead. But the system we're dealing with is so evil that they would take that that principle of death of the self and and turn it into surrender of your entire life's belief system, your works, everything, yeah, everything that literally you hung onto as a comfort. You have to be willing. As I, I see, it's like jumping out on an airplane, and you have to be willing to free fall. You know, you have to let go of everything that's been conditioned into you. To start thinking for yourself. Can I jump to uh, to the uh, next uh, th- question I had? Mm. Yeah, go ahead because we we do have to the break and other callers coming up. Go ahead. Uh, I see this entire patriot movement um, as ninety nine percent controlled, and I see Christians and I as as I said I'm an agnostic atheist whatever. Um, I see Christians being uh, set up to. Um, as some sort of a massacre in a uh, some organized overt political resistance to this movement, and I, that 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 frightens me. And, uh, it's been set up definitely, and not only them; they're setting up the Jews as usual. They're setting up the Christians. They've got the Muslims fighting with the Christians already, and uh, at least uh, titular uh, Christians. And um, they've, got, they've got the whole chessboard set up for the final war here, and they're using traditional means. Uh, to get it into play, and the public are responding exactly as they knew they would. So this makes me want to run around, going, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do?" Next question. Yeah. Um, I want you to make it clear to Rick Adams that you do not believe that people are walking around as lizards. That this is a collective unconscious symbol that's mm-hmm. self-adopted by the Illuminati or whoever you want to call them. This is their self-adopted symbol of their own. They're celebrating their own cold-bloodedness and lack of conscience. Oh, they're also celebrating their godhood because they truly believe that they... See, if you define a god as being the ultimate power on earth, life over death, etc., they believe they are. But make this clear to both your, your hosts. It's and clear. Listeners. It's clear. All right. We have to move along, Dwight. I understand. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back with our guest, Alan Watt, and more. I'm Rick Adams. All right. 
We're back now, and uh, we're with Alan Watt, and we're discussing the Matrix, obviously. But having said that, and um, just to respond a little bit to what was said previously, um, if you believe in evil, and I, I think just about everybody who's honest believes there is evil in the world, there are evil people, then you must believe in a source of that evil. See, oh, yeah. evil yeah. is not the physical world, it's the spiritual world that exists beyond what the eye sees. Yeah. Now, if that exists, and it does, then you know the opposite has to exist for that purpose. You see the balance, the positive and the negative. So, Again, that's, that's into almost Talmudic uh, and Kabbalah, because that's what that's all about, really, is this balance between good and evil. Right. And one overtaking. In fact, in, in the Talmud, technically, or the Kabbalah, there's no good or evil. It's all no. how humans perceive the outcome. Right, exactly. It's and Machiavellian, so too. That's right. So, yes. so you're dealing here with um, um, religions within religions, you might say. Oh, exactly. And you see, all of this can be explained, as, as you were alluding earlier, in the scriptures, the, the, the Bible that has been preserved throughout the ages by understanding that the words do not necessarily have meaning to people who read them. In other words, I could be a scholar, I could read the words and not realize the meaning of the words and the symbolism because the scriptures are a symbolic book that also use a mathematical formula. And there's a symmetry to the scriptures and the word of God as far as I'm concerned. That's what I believe. And it explains what we're talking about right now. And there are mysticisms in the scriptures that need to be taught. No doubt that what we see ourselves, mm. every generation, I think every generation has been kept in a turmoil, either financially, depressions, or wars, or yes. both. And peace has never been granted to any single generation because government loses control over the public when there's too much, too long a period of peace. Right. A government, in a, in a sense, uses this excuse, we're here to protect you and defend you. Right. And if there's nothing happening, it's kind of hard to justify the taxation and, and their authority. You see, so, that, that's a good point. But long before governments existed as governments, mm -hmm. there was still this angelic conflict going on. Mm -hmm. This war between good and evil. Man being you know, put on the earth for a reason. The world that was before the world that exists now, the spirit world, which uh, uh, probably most fundamentalist Christians don't even believe in or yeah. don't even know about uh, the scriptures and how to read them and what it says about the, uh, the world that was and the world to come. The pre-flesh age and the spirit world is actually a world that existed long before man was created and long before the differences of men. You know, Adam and Eve where, you know, <laughs> you could argue back and forth. We're not the first parents of all of the inhabitants of the world. They were created yeah. after, much later than others, like the blacks. Well, and that's so why forth. it's go forth and regenerate, right. and populate. Exactly. Yeah. There was there before. Exactly, but I just wanted to clarify one thing about the reptilian thesis. I'm not saying that I'm giving it credence in the sense that there are reptiles or aliens no. that are coming. What we're saying, at least what I'm saying, Alan, and maybe you can clarify it, is that, yes, indeed, these people are of a satanic nature, many of them. They do worship Satan, whether overtly or inadvertently, and they do practice satanic uh, activity. And uh, all you have to do is just look at the murders, the genocide they've created over the ages. Uh, divine. No, they're, still, they're still doing it. I mean, they're, they're doing they're it now. Yeah. Uh, and so blood sacrifice is a big part of their religion. Uh, yes. Blood sacrifice. Uh, 
and and of course their belief is also that science is going to partly be the savior yes under their guidance of course and yet with every century that passes the wars get bigger and bloodier and <laughs> yeah. uh, and so uh, yeah all they can really ultimately do is cause destruction yeah they 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 they, they give us false promises that they can't deliver on that's right and they it, realize it, 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 that people forget this don't they they keep talking about it. You see, these guys really believe they're going to create a utopia. Yes. But it's for themselves. Right. And, and up until now, we have been the problem. How to keep us happy and <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, and work from, for them at the same time. So uh, the next type of human, and that's what they see in their own religion and all masonry, to perfect that which was left imperfect. That means the ordinary Joe. Mm -hmm. And everything in nature is to be reconstructed into a perfection that it hasn't seen before. Because these people do, at the top, believe they are gods. They do believe this. And this serpent thing goes back, as I say, for thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. It's a solar deity. It's the secret of the esoteric myth of the stars. It's a timetable. Uh, and, of course, Draco was the, was the, the dragon symbol yeah, of the North yeah. Pole. And uh, as you spin the earth and you follow it, it creates this coiled... Uh, um, drawing, if you, if you actually followed it over the course, the stars, uh, Draco makes the coil of the serpent, and, and that was called chaos because we wobble as we spin on our axis and on and mm -hmm. Earth here. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, that's what they meant by chaos. So, so chaos reigns in the north, and, and uh, to them, of course, Jehovah represents the old deity, the, the dragon, you might say. Mm -hmm. uh, which was necessary to give laws to a primitive, barbaric people. Mm -hmm. That's what they claim. There's That's nothing it. new under the sun, as the okay. scripture says. All yep. right, let's take some more calls for Alan Watt. Dan in Houston, hi, you're next on the program. Thanks for taking my call, Rick. Uh, the uh, previous caller said he was an agnostic, unfortunately, but uh, I think, like you, Rick, I'm a true believer, a Bible-believing, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And... Uh, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, I'm listening. My, my my concern is the reason you might want to know something about Mr. Watt, and I've listened to him many times. He's very interesting. But I believe that our sole goal in this world uh, is to have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus and let the Holy Spirit lead you into all the things he wants you to do. And anything we do as far as acquiring worldly knowledge mm. or being involved in social political activism or any of these debates and talk shows and all these things, I think if it's not grounded in Jesus Christ, it's not honored by Jesus. And it's of no of a, of, a, of a, it's a void. It means nothing. And I'm not trying to be dogmatic. I'm just saying, much like I've heard you talk about, Rick, that our primary goal for the people we love and for everybody around us is to try to get them to to worship and follow Jesus Christ and have an intimate personal relationship with Him. And then the Holy Spirit will guide you into all the things He wants you to do. Anything we do on our own, whether it's a Mother Teresa or a Gandhi or someone like that, if those works and humanitarian efforts and all the good things we know and do and everything, if they're not done and grounded in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't think Jesus is going to honor it. And, and because we love Alan Watt, because we love all the other people in the world, and we want them to come to the answer that we know is true, without us putting that primary in mm -hmm. our life, mm -hmm. because life is short, then we're doing them a disservice by saying, yeah, let's talk about this issue, but without putting the number one issue there, if we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to spend eternity in hell. And, and I have another point I was going to ask, but if you could ask, if, if you could just give a comment yourself for Mr. Watt, I'd appreciate it. Well, you're talking to both of us, so let him respond. Yes, let sir. Alan respond. Go right ahead. Yeah. Well, put it this way. Here's another thing, too. If I got 100 Christians together, 
and asked them to define their relationship with Jesus, I'd get different answers. So you're almost legalistic. Your statement is a legalistic, very legalistic type question. It's, it's, it's more dogma than, than anything else. It's me. not a, it's not a mental ascent. It's not an intellectual concept. It's an actual spiritual happening that occurs to you. The true believer gets a true experience with God and, and receives the Holy Spirit. It's not well, uh, professing creeds and dogmas and going mm-hmm. to churches and all these things. It's a personal relationship. And when you find that and you understand that answer and your eyes and ears and heart are open, you want others to have it because you care about them. And that should be our primary goal. And, and d- along the way, the Holy Spirit leads us into certain things like Rick's doing and humanitarian work and activism and things. But all the things we do prior to that is of no, it's of filthy rags. It's of no benefit, and we're wasting everybody's time. If, if everybody goes to hell and they have a knowledge of all the problems of the New World Order, and yet when we die, most all of them go to hell because they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we failed. Because I love you, and I love your family and friends, and I love yeah. Rick, and I love everybody else, I want them to find the number one answer. After that, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all the things you need to do. Because I care about you, I want you to get a relationship with Jesus Christ and save yourself and your loved ones and everybody else, because that's the only thing that's important in this yeah. life. Uh, Dan, thank you very much for that, and uh, I'm not arguing with you at all uh, on my personal level. I think it comes down to trying to understand uh, if you want to get into a scriptural uh, understanding, exactly uh, what it is that we are called to do now. We are really not called to save souls, but we are called to witness. Jesus didn't say he came to save the world at that time that he came. He said he came as a witness to the truth. But he also said that when he came back again in the millennium to establish his millennium, that would be the time when Satan would be bound. So he doesn't say or commission us, in my view, uh, uh, Dan, to go about trying to save all of the souls of the world now, because you know and I know that's not even possible. All we are called to do now is to be a witness for the truth. And Jesus is going to do the saving. He's going to decide when the time comes exactly who will understand what when. So I can't force my views on anyone else, and you can't, and we don't intend to. God will use the testimony that you give and I give for those that want it and those that need to know now. But I don't want to assume that the whole world is lost except those who are saved right now because most people don't understand what's going on right now and don't understand the things of God. You know, that's, that's my point, Dan. You think you think everybody's going to have an opportunity when we go into the millennium? Or well, everyone will be given their first chance to know the truth. Most people have never had that chance now. Only the elect or the called out, as the scripture says. Well, that's and, good. I'm, I'm glad to understand because yeah. it's very confusing for uh, and religions taking the opposite position of that. And well, of course, worse. the scribes and the Pharisees today are building churches, and if you notice what they're doing too, what they're doing is they're they because they've come you know into my area of New England from from the Baptist South and so forth. And the first thing they do is try to go into debt to the world system so that they can build big enough churches to save enough souls because if the rapture should happen today and they don't get enough on that ark, it's too late and they failed in their mission. And that is pure nonsense. And it's also blasphemy, in my opinion, because what they're doing is they're making God, uh, okay, and they're using God to enhance the very system 
that God has denounced, and that's the usury system, and that's the interest system, and the mortgaging of their uh, assemblies and the people who work there to build these huge churches, that they can never pay off that debt. I know of churches that have come and gone, and they, they started one building, and then they turned over to another mortgage because they outgrew that building within five years, and they had to build a building three times the size, and guess what? Now the debt is three or four times the debt, and they are indebted to the world system. They're not paying as you go, you see. Do you believe that someone could die without the knowledge of Jesus Christ and still have an opportunity in the future on a first opportunity to, to, to be saved? Of course. That now is not the time when Jesus Christ is saving souls. He came to witness to the truth, is what he said. He said his kingdom come and his millennial kingdom will begin the time when the world will hear the true gospel without Satan's control over the world. Right now, the whole world is deceived, it says. And Jesus Christ, if he's trying to save the world now, let me tell you, he's already lost the battle, if that's the ideology behind it. He can't. But can, I ask you, can I ask you one sure. quick question for sure. Mr. White? Could he explain this uh, idea about the reptilian, the genetic code? Are there actually, did it actually come from the watchers or, or demons? Or is there actually a genetic code in certain people that makes them behave demonically? As a, or is it a spirit thing? Or is it a molecular That's a good genetic? question. Very good question, Dan. And I'll let him answer that, Thank okay? You. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah, you're too, you're correct on both sides in a sense. You can inbreed um, personality, you might say, or traits into people. Plato talked about it thousands of years ago of breeding people along the ways of domesticated animals for specific tasks. And just like you can, if you want a Labrador for a particular reason, you, you, you inbreed that type of dog. If you want uh, a watchdog, you, you'll get something more ferocious. And it, the same thing happens with people. The elites have been inbred uh, with specific traits that they're, they're pretty... And this is a big debate. Is psychopathy an inherited trait? So that's one point. It could be um, something that's passed on um, through interbreeding. So, and they definitely manifest the psychopathic traits. Um, as far as a DNA goes, that's nonsense. That's put out by the other side, too, to ridicule uh, people. Very good. Okay, that's an excellent point. Joe in Rhode Island. Hello, Joe. You're on the program. Hi, Joe. Here's my Bible guy. Eh? Hey, Joe. Alan, you're coming in loud and clear. Oh, good. Uh, Jesus uh, uh, was hated by... Uh, some people within the religious community of his day, and they went as far as to destroy him. Well, they tried to anyway. The nails couldn't hold him. Uh, but uh, they were hidden uh, very well in the religious community, and it went right back to the beginning. The serpent uh, was wiser than uh, uh, all the beasts of the field. They used the word serpent. I find that interesting. Uh, that has a uh, reptilian uh, connotation to it, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Greek uh, uh, mentionings of First uh, uh, John chapter, First uh, uh, Epistle of John chapter three, verse twelve, is the Greek number thirty-seven eighty-nine. It means a uh, snake through his uh, uh, sly uh, and cunning. Primary of the word goes to gaze with eyes wide open. And that was yeah. one of the characteristics that they uh, 
these uh, type of serpent people had. Mm. Uh, also, uh, Jesus cursed them from the uh, from the soil. Uh, in other words, you never see a uh, what I refer to as a Kenite, the son of Cain. Cain, of course, his father was the uh, uh, Lucifer from the first world age. Mm-hmm. He impregnated Eve, and uh, uh, he was cursed. Uh, Cain was cursed from the ground. In other words, the ground would never yield its strength to him, and that would be for all his generations throughout. So. You might see a Kenite owning a farm, but you'd never see him actually working the soil because the soil just won't yield to them. Just a characteristic that you might uh, want to use in your repertoire when you're dealing with an individual. You might want to ask a certain question. First uh-huh. uh, John chapter 3, verse 12, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. You see, they were... So uh, two of the first two of the Adamic seed line. And uh, where did this uh, twin brother, in the Hebrew and poem, uh, get uh, murder, premeditated murder from, especially for religious reasons? Uh, his sacrifice wasn't accepted, and he hated his brother, whose sacrifice was. Mm-hmm. And uh, over in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul mentions, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent and and this word serpent is nakash in the Hebrew uh-huh. I'll go into that a little bit on the return can you can you stay on the line alright I want to finish up on this very interesting point and Alan you stay there to wrap things up I'm Rick Adams Radio Avenger we'll be right back okay we're back now and we don't have too much more time so we have joe right now on the line joe go ahead uh, finish up uh, with uh, our guest alan watt here and you were talking about the definition of words and that that's very interesting uh what you were saying uh, alan i'm sure you're probably concurring with the deeper meaning of the words here and yeah right, all the way back to the greek in fact soros that's why george soros is called that because that means flying serpent isn't that something <laughs> that name uh, you adopted it um, and of course, you go right back to the Ophite cults in ancient uh, Greece wow. uh, that worshipped the, the serpent too. So okay. Because the eyes are open all the time, all seeing eyes. Mm-hmm. The all seeing eye, yeah. It sheds its skin every year, so it seems to be immortal and reborn all the time. Uh, Joe, did you want to continue quickly? Yes, the serpent also has a common connotation of enchantment yeah. in Hebrew. You pull from the Hebrew. Yep. And uh, it also has a connotation of the upright one. Right. And certain snakes certain snakes have that upright appearance. You mentioned that earlier, yeah. in for hypnotism. Mm-hmm. Cobra. And uh, Satan would just come disguised as an angel of light in mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians mm-hmm. 11, 3. Transformed exactly. is the word. Exactly. As an angel of light. Glorious angel. Uh, flying around. Yes, and, indeed. And... Uh, uh, I'll just uh, kind of summarize it here. The four hidden dynasties of today, of uh, any government, especially this world government that we're involved in now, uh, got the, uh, the four hidden dynasties of the political, economic, educational, and religious, mm-hmm. have been, uh, I believe that they've been uh, uh, infiltrated and taken over and are uh, come to the full as far as the deception is concerned, especially the religious community. Mm-hmm. And uh, those four are playing the fiddle, 
but yet I see on the horizon, coming over the horizon, people bringing truth, knowledge of the, how deep the deception is, yes, and uh, how the news media is controlled by these self-same Kenites from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Jesus pointed out serpent Nakash people, and uh, they uh, keep uh, they're very uh, uh, faithful to their father, and they keep their uh, they inbreed they uh, breed within their people. They don't. Uh, uh, break the lineage, and uh, there's not that many of them. That's the reason being. But uh, uh, these uh, they've taken over those four uh, dynasties to the max today, and they're performing the negative part of the father's plan to the uh, fullest of their ability. Mm-hmm. They they, uh, they do a great job at what they do. I don't I don't agree with their job, but uh, the father uh, ordained them, so I go along with it. But you've got to be wiser than the serpent and peaceful as a dove. Amen amen to that. that. Thank you, Joe, very much for your call. And uh, what do you think of that, Alan Watt? I I think we should also add to that and don't get bitten. (laughs) Don't get bitten by the serpent, right? That's right. Okay. uh, I I think we can maybe squeeze in one quick call, and that is Jim from Kansas. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay, not much time, Jim, but we'll give you a few seconds here. All right, this is all. won't take much. Hi, Alan. Hello. Um, if you were to list like uh, Christian, Jew, American Indian, Muslim, pagan, uh, agnostic, Hindu, Swahili, and uh, the rest, I don't know. I can't come up with ten, but I came up with eight. Uh-huh. And you were to list those upon which one you think pushed their religion the most to the point uh, where you can't, you know, you can't get your point across because. Okay, Alan, like uh, we're almost out of time. Quickly now, the question. All right, well, do you get the question, Alan? Okay. I don't know if he gets it or not, but I'll tell you what. We'll pursue it again because we're out of time. Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. We'll have you back again. We'll get into more questions. Thanks again. Bye-bye, Alan. All right, we're out of time. I'm sorry. We'll be back, God willing, Monday evening, 9 o'clock Central. I'm Rick Adams. Good night, everyone.